Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Okay, I have some questions for you. Have you ever wondered what the best outreach strategies are right now? What the best companies are doing to go out and find cold business? Or maybe you've been wondering how you can ensure your outbound team performs at their highest levels. And should you even outsource your sales development team or not? All of that and more will be answered today. I am thrilled to be joined by my special guest, Amir Ryder. Amir, how are you doing? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Good, good. Amir and I go back a bit. Uh, he's a great guy. He's the CEO of CloudTask. CloudTask is a really, really slick company. They offer outsourced sales and customer support teams. And I'm proud to say that they're also one of my clients. So I work with Amir directly, helping them get better at their own sales tactics, especially selling business to their potential customers. That is correct. So You're approaching us. <laughs> And a really slick team. I'm super impressed with the team that they have over there and with the structure that they have within their company. We're going to dive into how Amir has been able to set up such a very terrific leadership style up and down the organization. So I'm super excited to talk to you about that, Amir. Yeah, yeah me too. Awesome. So tell me what has been going on lately at CloudTask and what's coming up for you guys? Well, a lot uh, has been going on. I think that the biggest thing for us is, is happy clients. I think that's all that matters, right? I think when you're building a business... Uh, you can have the best team, you can have the best anything, but if you're not fixing a problem, you got nothing, right? So for us, you know, I think the the big excitement for this year was COVID hit, changed everything, right? And culturally, we were able to not fire a single employee while other companies that were had hundreds of millions of dollars in the books were cutting salaries and letting people go, and that's just a great uh, justice to our culture. And then sure. more importantly, you know, we were, we're getting results for our clients and more predictability and more expertise of what's going to happen, you know, reality-wise. We've, we've probably grown a lot this year by saying no to false expectations, right? Which I'm really proud about where uh, instead of saying, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, those numbers we can get. You know, we were saying, no, that's not realistic, right? This is realistic. And then beating the expectations. And I think we're building a reputation for under-promising and over-delivering which is exciting. Love and it. we also purchased a software company back in last March and we have been working on our platform. So we're turning into a platform as a service, almost like a Uber, right? Because awesome. for the first four years of our lives, we were a technology enabled company, right? Using other people's technologies. And I would say that I was able to see the problem firsthand that exists in the market, which is an explosion of sales and marketing technology, which is extremely underutilized and it's only getting worse, right? With low adoption. So I was able to see, well, hey, a lot of these tools are great, but they're disparate. They're not talking to each other. It's becoming more complicated. People want things done for them, right? You know, people are expecting results. There's a culture of, I would say, like, I want to be less in the weeds and I want to get more of, you know, more results, basically. So that platform is launching in. January, which is exciting. Very it will not exciting. be a SaaS product. You think about Uber, you're not going to give Uber $9 a month for their platform, put your own driver on it. You're paying for the ride and you know the ride is going to get down efficiently with speed and a low cost because you know their platform is helping them do it in a better way. Same concept here, we're going to use data and technology to get results faster and really transform so that it's just like 
it's not even an outsourced sales company, right? It's like we can get results faster because we got the process down packed, right? That's exciting. Those are major changes. That's great. I, I, that is exciting. Like you said, getting the process down packed is really, really important. I want to dive in also to what you said. I think it's so, so critical is you've learned how to say no. You've gotten better at saying no to stuff that is not ideal for you, that's not a good fit for what you're doing. I think that's such a hard hurdle for many to overcome, whether it's a, a company or a salesperson in specific, is saying no to something because you're so wanting to get that deal. You're so wanting to get things to happen, but getting a bad deal with a bad fit customer can be horrible for you. So I yeah, love that. Yeah. And if you think about it, like what are we saying no to? We, we focus on the sales aspect, right? It's always about revenue, right? And, and CloudTask is never going to say, no, you don't need revenue because revenue is the lifeblood of an organization, right? Mm-hmm. Every company needs revenue, right? We're just saying really no to expectations, right? Or you're not ready for a full-time person. And what it's created is the opportunity that every time that we have a meeting or a conversation with somebody who wants revenue, right? The no is not necessarily, no, we're never going to be good for you. The no is not now, right? And we've created such a network of partnerships with people that can help you get revenue because revenue is very complicated, right? And like, we start back to my first thing when I said, like, does your product ever actually help people, right? Like that's stage one, like, are you fixing a problem, right? And then if you're fixing a problem, you might be like, oh, I got a home run, but you don't, right? Because now you have branding, marketing content, awareness, right? So if you look at, you know, all the marketing agencies, content agencies, there's so much around revenue. So a lot of times those no's are not yet. And we're able to then introduce people to partners that we know are vetted and trusted. And it creates a a situation where a company can come back to us six months, 12 months, a year, two, three years, hire us when they know or at least we know that we'll get more predictable results, right? And it's a nice thing because now I know and an unqualified person is really a future customer or a future friend, right? And we're not putting ourselves first. We're putting the right. customer first, right? Because if you put yourself first, you say yes to everything. If you say no, right, what you really need is to talk to Matt Wallach. You need a higher closing rate. You don't need more AEs. Your closing rate's too low, right? You have to fix the problem first before you scale it, right? And it's become great because our account executives are really now consultants and they're consultative selling, right? And we obviously have to continue to train that. But by putting people's results first, I think, you know, we're creating a better culture, a better reputation, and it's helping. And I think every company can follow that, right? I think that's why we're talking about that concept works for any organization, right? Don't give someone something they don't need, right? I think that's exactly it. The thing that I coach to my clients is work on helping, not selling. Doing just that with your team, Amir. I love it because you're finding ways, hey, how can we help? Oh, we're not the best fit in my company. Let me get you to somebody who is. Maybe it's one of our partners, whoever. And actually, I've closed deals from referrals from people I've said no to. I told oh, them, yeah. no, it's not a good fit because of this, this, this. But let me get you help. Let me make sure that I point you in the right direction. And guess what? They think the world of you after you do that because they realize this guy wasn't just trying to sell You just me. can't look at everyone like revenue, right? That's not how you look. You look at, you look at them as people with goals. And how can I help their goal, right? You can give someone advice, right? If someone's lost, you know, make a left turn. You know, you help that person, right? Like just focusing really on helping and looking at profitability as a byproduct, right? Of, yep. of helping it, I think is a fundamental cultural thing that we're implementing here at CloudTask. 
I love it. And I think that's one of the things that is just a testament to your leadership and your company. And I, I know that CloudTask has become one of the leaders in outsourced sales. It's really cool what you guys have been doing. So can you tell me uh, some of the other things that have kind of helped your company become one of those leaders and make it so that the market is finding you so attractive? So, uh, you know, I think, I think what sets us apart is a few things. A, we're friends with everybody in the industry, right? I, I look at anybody who is a competitor as a colleague. Right. So we have open dialogue. I, I, if you look at my WhatsApp, it is hilarious. I'm like getting voice notes from people that are direct competitors and like asking advice. And me are like, where do you buy your computers from? You know, how do you fix this? How do you fix that? I think what has made us a leader, you know, if you consider us a leader, which is obviously subjective, is open dialogue and open communication with our colleagues and peers in the industry. And then I think the, the concept of that. Sales is hard. It's not supposed to be easy. We're not supposed to be the best, right? And in order to scale and grow, we're going to tap on, we're going to use our same methodology, right? So like if I go to a customer and I'm like, look, whether you outsource, you W2, you 1099, that's engagement. If you focus on the results, that's all that matters. By believing in that and by growing like that has helped me. So I also outsource a lot, right? And I quick, I'm quick to do it, right? So by quickly being able to pull on to a consultant or a trainer or a coach or a specialist and not really focus on the engagement, right? Focusing on what who I'm helping has allowed us to be a leader because we're able to get strategies and teachings from everybody and we're open-minded. I think the concept of we're not the best, we're not supposed to be the best. We're supposed to just push the industry forward and just really working with a lot of people who are competitors, colleagues, and just like learning from everybody, I think has allowed us to set a foundation to continue to grow. And our growth is very reliant on the growth of our companies, right? So it's a positive feedback. We grow by helping. That's amazing. It's amazing how that happens. I love that you guys are always training. You're always learning. You're always finding ways to learn. You know, where did you get that belief? What, what led you to that philosophy and that leadership style? I think it's just being very social. Like I grew up like, you know, collecting friends and always just networking and, and making introductions and helping people, you know, and, and my first company was a water company and I was friends with all my competitors. You know, wow. we would, if we competed with each other, I'd be like, Hey, you know, Juan was one of the guy's names on the coffee company. I see your machines here. These companies wanted to hire me. Like, you know, what should I do? And having like that open dialogue where like, I wasn't trying to like beat you, you know, I was trying to like mm-hmm. work with you and, Amazing. I sold my company to competitor, ended up working with them as well. And it was just carried on, you know, I think it, to CloudTask where it, it's just, it's a part of, you know, my DNA where, you know, I'm, I'm just addicted to helping people, addicted to being reliable, right? That's awesome. Reliability is great, right? Like, like, what do you want in life? And I, I want to just be known for getting it done, right? I actually like, read a book once and the best leaders are the ones who get stuff done. And the ones yeah, like, right, like, I'm here to get it done. done. Right, like he's got it done, he'll get it done. Right, like I tell you, I'm gonna be at the airport at seven in the morning to pick you up. I'm gonna be there at six fifty. Like reliability and just also um, owning it. Right, like knowing that like failure is success. Right, I think we're so brainwashed to thinking that like perfection is success. Right, and it's not. It's actually being like I messed up. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Right, like I should not have done that. And just owning it and not hiding. Right, I think we have a culture of like you're perfect, and if you're not perfect, you're embarrassed to own it, and then you just start over. And that doesn't work, right? It's a, a culture of burning bridges. I agree totally. So when is a, a good time for a company to outsource? When do they look at their process? It's, it's a, I, okay, so, so that's an interesting topic. I don't think it's about that. I think it's focusing on your goals and then working backwards. And I don't think the word, the word outsourcing is just a word, 
right? I think if you have clearly defined goals and you're putting together the puzzle that can get those goals and it's logical and it makes sense, because everything that we do is logical. We're not doing anything different. We're, we're sending the right email at the right time with the right messaging, A-B testing. We're making phone calls, or SMSing. We're not recreating sales. We're just doing it consistently, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm not going to outsource XYZ. It's our core competency. And I'm like, core competency just means what you're saying is that I don't believe that someone else can do it, right? That's kind of what you're saying. You know what I mean? So I think an organization that has the culture of putting results first, not engagements first, is ready to outsource, right? Now, if you are a big company with a repeatable process, you're ready to outsource. You always want to outsource what you can first, right? And then put your people who've been in the company and make them discover the new harder things, right? Make them move to the enterprise, right? So just using outsourcing to get to your goal. If you understand that it is a tool designed to help you get to your goal, you're ready. If you are a mentality of, I've tried this before, it won't work, you can't do it, you are not ready. Mm, wow, I love that. That makes so much sense. We've got our team, right? Like we get people who are brilliant, we get people we need to fire. You'll get people who are brilliant, you'll get people to fire. We're not changing reality, right? We're literally just saying, like, hey, if we put all the data together, clean the data, we have writers, and, and you can pull on that, right? And people who understand that you have the ability to get more, right? Like we work with you, Matt, right? The more I talk with you, the more I'll get from our relationship. If I don't speak with you, I might get less, right? So I'm also in control of almost every relationship I have, whether it's W2, a friend, a family, give to get, if that makes sense. You have to communicate, Mm -hmm. right? So it's a mentality of, I would say, I don't care where you are in the world. I don't care who you are. I care that you represent my company well. I care that you know what you're talking about, that you're educated. And if you follow those principles, I think outsourcing is good for anybody. That makes a ton of sense. And like you said, you've got a lot of great team members there, You know, some not so great. For you, when you're looking for somebody, what makes a great SDR, a sales development representative? What is that person made of? Well, I'd be doing you disjustice to ask that because I'm so far away now from HR and training. I always believe it's will, right? I think it's, for me, I love willingness. I like people who want to work hard. I like people who, you know, get up every day and give 110%. I think anybody who gives 110% is going to succeed in anything. I know a competitor who is, happens to be blind and I never knew he was blind, right? And he is commenting on more posts on LinkedIn than most people on Facebook. And I didn't know any of this. He's using technology to read posts, right? And what is he doing? He's giving 110% and he has a good attitude and he succeeds, right? I'm not going to name names. You know, you might know him, super nice guy. So I think that attitude, which is I'm going to give 110% and I'm not going to make any excuses is what I look for in life, right? I don't think I ever look down at anybody who tries, right? I think we look down at people who don't try, who have the potential to do anything great and give 40% of what they can do. So that for me is big. To get more detailed, you have to ask my HR team. They, they know all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I totally agree. I'm giving that will to strive to go above and beyond. Yeah, everybody who works hard. Right. Like I'll buy a $20 million thing. If you bust your chops and you try your best, like you don't need to be perfect for me. You just have, I just want to see your will. I agree. And that's part of what I talk about because if you're a software company and all my clients are software companies, when they're going out trying to sell and pitch, you're usually up against two, three, four, five competitors. And I say the one who has the best process wins out. But really, part of that process is your dedication to it and your persistence of performing your process. And a lot of that is 
your will? And are you willing to do what others are not willing to do? Exactly. It's huge. It's huge. So, you know, what is the difference? I saw this post that you guys did. I thought it was super interesting. What is the difference between cold calling and outbound calling? Well, play on words, right? Cold calling would be like, you don't know who you're calling, you know, how you can help them. And it's like, you have no knowledge. And I'd say an outbound call is somebody that you know who they are, you know, some of their pain points and you can have a conversation around that. Right. Not like, who am I calling? To? What do you do? What position? Right. Like that's cold call. If you're like, Hey man, I know that you're the CEO of a, of a training organization. You probably grow in X amount of ways. I was wondering if like referrals are big for you, you know, that would be less cold because amazing. A little bit under knowledge. Yeah. I think that's so cool. There's such a difference when you have, like we said, a framework and you know what your attack plan is, especially so many people talk about, I need to be doing outbound. I need to be doing outbound. But then they just go and just start opening a phone book and dialing. And it well, doesn't work. Forget that outbound, the, the word outbound and inbound is almost similar to like, you know, black, white, yellow, or it's like how we separate people when we separate cultures. It's all about getting eyeballs on an offer that can help somebody. And outbound drives what we consider inbound, right? If I make a thousand phone calls, make a thousand emails, well, who is not, who's to say that somebody is not going to behave the same way as somebody who's SEOing and Google's and Melo's and ebook, right? So does that become, is that outbound, right? Like if I call you and I'm like, hey, you call me and I'm like, you know, Matt, don't ever call me, hang up. But I go to your website, check you out. And I'm like, oh wait, this can help me. And I download something. That's not marketing. That's not inbound. Outbound. So like we're dividing outbound and inbound because people have salaries and jobs to protect, right? <laughs> If you take away the salaries and jobs to protect and you focus on your goals and your results, you'll win. If you're like, is marketing giving me an ROI? Is sales giving me an ROI? You're hurting yourself, right? HubSpot is not a people company. They're a software company. So they'll X far to educate you on that. It's marketing, inbound sales, right? And then they, they don't do the workforce. So people aren't executing it, right? They're just like, their stock is like this. That's their priority now, right? But they have the, the concept that was, is great. And, and we're trying to take that concept and execute it, right? If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a ton of sense. What are you thinking or what are you seeing for your company? What are the best outbound strategies that are working well for your people? Oh, uh, phone's the best. You know, phone's the best, LinkedIn. And, you know, I think it all starts with targeting, right? So I would say that in data and the right persona is always the best, right? I think that has been big for us. Being a data company, right? I, I spoke about our platform. Our platform is going to be centered around human verified data. We have a whole verification process, right? Like, is that person the right... ICP, the right buyer profile. Are they still working there? Do you have the right phone number? Do you have a direct phone number? Do you have an SMS? Like, like, what do you have? And if you start with that, everything else downstream works, right? Because it's like picking the wrong seeds. Like your fruit will never be good, right? Like you can be the best farmer of your crop, but if your seeds are not good, you're going to end up picking defective corn, right? So it all starts with the seeds, in my opinion, and that lets everything come better because more conversations, easier to coach, people understand more, right? You're not going to learn a product well if you're a new SDR, you feel like you have a quota on your head. You feel like you're going to lose your job. You have a low connect rate, right? How many calls do you make? 110. That's a vanity number, right? How many conversations have you had? You learn from conversations, right? So you know, that's what we we're seeing is working is great targeting, great data. We're going to triple down on that, right? Companies can come to us. They don't have to hire SDRs. They can just buy uh, human verified leads per record. They can hire a sales development associate that does research for them, right? We're no longer a company of just doing SDRs, right? If you have five SDRs and they're making 15 meetings, why can't we get them to make 45 meetings? It's better to scale that, right? Yeah, sure. More SDRs. Let's give human verified data. Let's 10 extra calling. Let's get you guys making 45 SDRs. And then by the way, you know, maybe we'll add some SDRs, right? If we can do it, you know what I mean? But just 
finding how you can help that sales funnel, I think is, is been our huge strategy and working for us. And then also investing into coaches and trainers. So that's not like we're the best. We know everything. We're like, we work with the best, you know, we're learning from the best. And that's been part of our strategy for succeeding, which is not hundred percent, right? Like there's no one hundred percent. You're very afraid of anyone who says that, you know, I can guarantee anything in sales. For sure. Yeah, that's definitely the case. You've built a really strong company. We've already heard, I love your focus on training and improvement and always getting better, always helping the customer. You know, what are some other pieces of advice you would give? Because a lot of our audience are software leaders getting started or early stage companies, growth stage. What are some pieces of advice from things that have uh, have gone well for you or things that may not have gone well for you that uh, you would tell these people? Uh, time goes by quickly, right? So I think I think things that you think were not important now might be important later, right? Like don't give people too, you know, crazy of titles, let them earn their role, invest in your people, right? Train them, be honest with them, be straightforward. Um, yeah. Don't sell a dream. You know, if you never went IPO and you never built a billion dollar company, don't tell them that they're going to make a billion dollars because you've never done it before. You don't have that track record, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, just be transparent, be honest and build a culture where you don't control everything and you're hiring people that are smarter than you and they don't need to say, hey, Amir, what do you think of this problem? Can we fix it? They're coming to you and they're saying, I fixed this problem this way, right? And that I think works very well with the millennials because, you know, at the same time, like people want to be part of something, right? And you have a choice with your culture. And if you want to control everything, then, you know, you're not going to be that way. And also one thing I see all the time is if you're a tech company and you're the founder and you're a CEO, but you're really a technology guy, hire a CEO. Hmm. Don't try to be the C. It's not, title is a burden. If you tell me, Matt, that the cloud has to become a billion dollar company and I'll help my clients, my employees be happy, I will go make coffee for everybody, right? Like, don't, don't worry about the title. Worry about the outcomes and, and make sure that you yourself are in the right role, I think is the biggest thing. I love that. I've noticed that about you. You've talked to, you know, I think when I first met you, you said, Hey, if somebody needs to generate some leads, I'll go get on the phone and start generating some leads. There's I mean, nothing I, I will ask my teammate to do that I won't do myself. It's super, super leadership. That's why your team is so strong. So why they're so far, uh, or, or they're so behind you in. in well, you got to teach me I also feel like I'm at the beginning, so I feel like I'm the first base of learning, right? And I think it's just never, you know, it's a uh, being hard on yourself is not a good thing. But I think I'm kind of hard on myself, and I, I don't take, you know, I, I don't celebrate anything, and I'm not like. You know, my goal is a billion dollar company, right? So my whole thing is that you're always learning until you die. And I think I think my twenties I knew everything and now I realize that learning is a privilege, right? And be fortunate to have advice and you don't need to know everything. You need to know how to ask questions, right? Absolutely. I love it. So this has been awesome, Amir. I've learned a lot myself, even in this call. I always enjoy our conversations. I'm always uh, intrigued by what you bring up, makes me think, gets the gears turning. So uh, how can our audience learn more about you and CloudTask? Yeah, I was easily, easily connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on the channel. You could literally message me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and you could probably get me. Be direct, right? Voice notes. I don't need, hi, how are you? So I need like, this is what I, what I want, what I need. I don't, you know, even if you're trying to sell me something, tell me you're trying to sell me. So just be direct with me. And you can always go to cloudtask.com and fill out a form, talk to chat. We're, we're very... Communication channels are, are very open for me. Find me so easily. Everything is every all my handles are Amir Writer. A-M-I-R-R-E-I-T. That's perfect. So once again, everybody, we've been talking with Amir Ryder, the CEO of CloudTask. Amir, thank you so much for coming on. Happy to be on, man. Talk soon. Absolutely. And for everybody else, uh, if you need help with your sales, with your coaching, give me a ring. You can reach me. You'll see it in the notes down below. 
You'll see all the information on how to get in touch with me. We can talk and see if I'm a fit to even help you or not. If so, we'll see about that. Yeah, you can record call on me. I record our meetings. That is straightforward. <laughs> there you go. If you're one of my clients. You're just straightforward. That's why I like it. You know, That's the way you have to be. Like you yeah. said, be direct. Exactly. All right, Matt. This is awesome, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Amir, and everybody else. We will see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Sastery in the Making. Join us next episode for another look into how today's visionaries are creating the next generation of innovation.